Welcome to C3 Church, Queen's Beach. We believe Jesus Christ gives life to the full and we are called to live it and share it. We pray you enjoyed this message today. How are we all? Good. Good? That's good. Can you believe it's October? Yes. You can believe that. I'm in shock, actually. And just to blow my mind and maybe yours a little further, in 10 Sundays' time, we will be celebrating Christmas. Woo! I know Amy's excited about that. Yeah. Yeah. I am not ready for that, and I'm now hosting Christmas because we were going to go away for Christmas, and then my nephew and his wife have had a delightful surprise come into their world and they're now expecting a baby around Christmas and so my sister-in-law doesn't want to be in Albany, she wants to be here in Perth obviously, she's becoming a grandmother so that's exciting. So now I have the privilege of hosting about 35 family members for Christmas so I need to get into my head that that is what is happening, (laughs) that is reality. Uh, But we've had such an awesome, like, second half of this year. I felt like this year might feel a little different to what it has felt like. But as I look back over the last few months, there's been such a richness in the sound of what has come to us as church. And looking at the topics that have been preached here at Queen's Beach and at Hepburn Heights, there's just been this glorious sound of, of challenge, of growth, a stretching. Uh, For those of you who came along to Steve Cass at Hepburn Heights in June, I believe that was June, he spoke to us about managing leadership anxiety, which, you know, as you listen to Steve's voice, his great Aussie with a bit of an American twang voice there, you know, really encouraged us. We're all leading something. So, you know, we all need to manage our anxiety and and lead um, with more strength. And, you know, if you came to She Day, ladies, Pastor M, power-packed message about trust. It was, as she said, a velvet-coloured brick that she delivered to us. You know, it was powerful. Uh, Many of us might have been um, invited along to Mulholland's Invitation to a Journey. You might be reading that book. It's been kind of promoted a little bit. And the pastoral team, including Pastor Eden, Pastor Stephen Nicole, myself and others, have been engaged in Peter Scazzaro's Emotionally Healthy Spirituality course, which I actually completed and and laughed that we got a certificate of completion because it just felt like something that was a a kickstart into something new. So this beautiful sound has come through all of these things about growing, about growing up, about growing in our faith, about being more self-aware, about being more adult. Uh, That kind of a sound has come through. But beautifully, paradoxically, biblically, I have felt this other sense to return to our first love and to return to childlike faith. So here we are, we're in a season, we're being called by Holy Spirit to grow up and to return to childlike faith at the same time. A little bit of a tension there maybe, a bit of a paradox. How do we do that? And there's so much challenge in that. So, Paul encourages us in this, though. In Romans 12, he says this, For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, this is Paul talking to us, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. 
And in the Holman's version, it actually says to think sensibly. And that really has just captured my imagination because I find myself in these, you know, pickles in my own head. Anyone else have, you know, mental, you know, conversations with yourself? And I have to tell myself sometimes, Genevieve, think sensibly. Come on, get some perspective here. And so here we see in these verses, there's a sense of self-awareness, of being a grown-up and faith linked together. And it's the faith that God distributes to us. It's his gift of faith to us. So a bit of a challenge to uh, all of us. Paul's encouraging us. Jesus' disciples also wrestled with this. Does anyone else take great delight when you see the disciples also struggling with stuff that you struggle with on a daily basis? (laughs) Thank you, Lord. Thank you for that example. Helps me breathe out, relax a little bit, and not take myself too seriously. Helps me to think sensibly. So Jesus' disciples were also wrestling with this paradox. What does it look like to have faith? What does it look like to please you, Lord? Where do I fit? How do I do this? And what comes out of their mouth is this question. So Jesus, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Don't you love it? A little bit of ego on display, a little bit of competitiveness. They're probably kind of thinking, you know, Jocelyn, I think it's me. Surely it's me, not him. Surely not that disciple. I'm doing better than him, right? So there's this sense in the Bible where we see the humanity of the disciples wrestling with this. And this is how Jesus responds in Matthew 18, verses 2 to 5. He calls a little child to him and places the child among them. Poor kid is now standing amongst the circle of 12 disciples. These were not small men, they were fishermen. Kind of feel sorry for this child. Anyway, he says, Jesus, truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. So Jesus' answer to his adult disciples is you have to change. You have to become more childlike. This is not our natural stance. We naturally lean towards wanting to be grown up. I remember growing up couldn't wait to be the next age and the next age and brag about how old I was getting. I'm not doing that anymore. But (laughs) this was what I used to be like. Anyone else like that? Like, couldn't wait to be the next age. Or I'd say I was something and a half because, you know, I'm almost at the next age. We have this inbuilt desire to be grown up, to feel like we've got it all under control, that we have understanding, etc., etc. And yet, Jesus says, take this humble posture. Be more childlike. This is of greater value than anything else in my kingdom. And at the end of that scripture, Jesus links that attitude with himself. So if we desire to grow in our faith, to be more Christ-like, surely then childlikeness is key. Childlikeness is key. In Mark 10, 13 to 16, we see Jesus interacting with children and again using them as an illustration of what is valued in his kingdom. It says, People were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them, but the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly I tell you, 
Anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, placed his hands on them, and blessed them. So to see God's kingdom, to enter into it, to grow up into Christ's likeness, to be positioned to receive blessing, all requires childlikeness. Yeah. It's easy to believe that childlike faith is a little bit simple, that it's blind, that it's naive. But I truly believe that it's more intentional than that. Firstly, childlike faith is an exploring faith. Childlike faith is the active response that we can give to Jesus saying, hey, come follow me. And any of us that have children, I'm sure you have watched your child at some point in a new environment. And even the more timid children are natural explorers. They will move, they will touch, they will taste. Anyone else have children that licked things? Uh, (laughs) They will get in and around their environment pretty much until they're told not to or something in the environment bumps their happy. Then they'll stop. Uh, Janet Haigberg, and Eden's going to pop this image up on social media this week if you're not familiar with it, has uh, described stages of faith. And she starts with stage one is an awareness of God. We, We fall in love with Jesus. Stage two, we're disciples and we're learning, we're exploring, we're finding out who Jesus is. And stage three is a more active stage where we start to serve and we want to really be active in who we are. So all of that is fairly easy. We're learning, we're exploring, we're tasting, we're enjoying, we're finding out who God is and who we are in Christ. We're living out our childlike faith. But then Heidberg talks about this interruption to our faith journey, and it's called the wall. And the wall is not just a temporary inconvenience. We've all watched kids fall over, dust themselves off, shake it off, keep going. This is something more serious. This is something that stops our exploring, holds our learning, and really interrupts our faith shakes it to the core. And we all at some point experience these things in our lives. Disappointment, grief, loss, confusion. Our world is confusing people, it's not straightforward. Deep doubt. Or maybe you're sitting in an unanswered prayer. Maybe there's a real cry in your heart of, why Lord? Why? I just don't get it. And it's actually this exploring nature of childlike faith that helps us grow here. It helps us through that wall. As we keep moving towards God and not away from him, that is the answer to us continuing to grow in our faith. Now, I'm not suggesting for a minute this is easy. And the wall can be a season of some duration. And... As you look at the the cycle of faith that that Hayberg has, we can actually be in different places in our faith on different issues. And it's not a linear process and it's not not a breeze to get through. It's tough. It is tough. And and yet we're called to have childlike faith amidst this season of being at the wall, even if it's throwing a little tantrum and stamping our feet. Anyone else done that before, God? Definitely. All right, secondly, childlike faith is a trusting faith. When I was growing up, my sister and my dad used to play this beautiful game. 
she would stand on the windowsill in our dining room and leap off it into my dad's arms. And he would move around and he'd step further back and further back and still she would leap. And she would giggle with glee, dad would spin her around. It was a hoot and a half. I never joined in. I was invited to, I was scared to. I thought, wow, my sister is so brave. How amazing is she that she plays this game? I am way too scared for that. No, I don't want to climb up there. No, I don't want to take the leap. And I was remembering this one day and Holy Spirit said to me, the success of that leap was not just that your sister was perhaps a little bit brave. It was in the positioning of our father and his readiness to catch her. So childlike faith is a trusting faith. Trusting that God is there even when it feels like he's not. Trusting that he is perfectly positioned to catch us no matter what we are facing, no matter what. Trusting that his timing, his plans are perfect and he has a way through. Trusting that he is who he says he is in his word. People, we can't trust that God is who he says he is in his word if we're not reading his word. Just a little tip there. Yeah. And sometimes at the wall, the last thing you want to do is read the Bible. But it's the best thing we can be doing to remind ourselves of who it is we're trusting. When we come up against this wall in our faith journey, our ability to fully trust God is one of the keys to moving forward. Because it's actually only God that can get us through. Peter Scazzaro in his book, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, says, Ultimately, God is the one who moves us through the wall. And with that comes mystery. Oh, joy. How and when God takes us through the wall is up to him. Okay, maybe I'm not in control. Childlike faith, then, is trusting faith that allows God to catch us in and carry us through our tough seasons. That's the God that we trust in. Beautiful band, can I have you pop up? That would be awesome. Thirdly, childlike faith is an awe-embracing faith. Peter Scazzaro also says about this wall experience, one of the great fruits of the wall is a childlike, deepened love for mystery. We can rest more easily and live more freely on the other side of the wall, knowing God is in control and worthy of our trust. And young children have such a beautiful capacity to accept awe to embrace it, to, to see mystery around them and not question too too hard. They delight in things they don't fully understand. They accept fairy tales. They accept the tooth fairy, Santa Claus, etc, etc. And it's beautiful to watch. It's delightful to see. And God does reveal himself to us, but he wants us to hold on to a sense of awe and mystery and wonder. And we tend to lose that as we grow older and what we consider to be wiser. And yet Isaiah reminds us so beautifully in chapter 55 that God tells us this. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than yours. There are things that we grow to know about our God 
he reveals himself to us through his word, through Jesus' teaching, through the Holy Spirit. And yet, people, there is so much more to our God. We will never, in this lifetime, understand all of him. He is sovereign, he is mighty, he is mysterious. And a childlike faith accepts that that all exists and we make peace with it. We make peace with it in our lives. And what does that look like? Sometimes that looks like accepting that that cry in our heart of why doesn't have an answer. And that actually the better question is who? Who are you, Lord, in this pickle, in this place, in this tough season, in what I'm facing? Who are you? Help me to see you. A childlike faith lays down our right to understand and to know, to fathom in our own thinking. A childlike faith trusts that God is good, that he's in control, no matter what might surround us. Childlike faith embraces the awe and the wonder of our God. US pastor and author John Mark Comer has a podcast called His Teachings Podcast. And he was talking about those ahead of us in the faith journey in one of his podcasts recently. And he described these people as having come to a second naivete where they have come full circle from childlike faith through some doubt, through some cynicism, back to a place of being like grown-up children who are characterised again by wonder, gratitude, joy and satiation. Of being people who embody a childlike faith, childlike wonder and the wisdom of old age in the same place. I don't know about you, but that's the paradox I aspire to. That's the faith I want. I want to grow to be a little old lady with lots of wrinkles. You watch me. Uh, <laughs> starting. Good start. But with a childlike wonder, an awe-embracing kind of faith, but with some wisdom, some wisdom of, of travelling life with my Jesus. So people, I believe that Holy Spirit wants to meet every single one of us right now today, wherever we are on our faith journey. In Mark 10, Jesus corrects his disciples for keeping the children from coming to him. And what I've realised is that I am actually the disciple who keeps me from running to Jesus with childlike faith and abandon. We are often the biggest blockage between the cry in our hearts and Jesus who is the answer. But the good news is, and there is good news, if we lay down our opinions and overthinking, manoeuvre past perfectionism, surrender self-reliance and stubbornness, and those is just my list, you have your own issues. If we can lay that stuff down and run to our Jesus, he's waiting there. He's ready to embrace. He's ready to lay his hands upon us. Thanks so much for joining us today on this podcast. We encourage you to let this word further help you live and share the life to the full that Jesus gives. If you want to check out more of our upcoming events, service times, locations, or to give online, head to c3hh.com.au forward slash give.